November 2020, what could go wrong? The CBC Hawk Talk podcast pilot episode. I'm CBC's Jay Frank. This month, a flight plan east, a virtual windfall, and a quiet start for some quiet spaces. We'll go in the news, go behind the scenes, give some campus shout-outs, check in with CBC social media, and we'll take some time for a shot of trivia, unveiling the biggest name on campus. And we'll take five, five good minutes, to meet CBC's newest dean. Let's talk. The time and the resources, the money that they're investing in their courses at Columbia Basin College is going to be time and money well spent so that when they transfer to Eastern, they're not losing anything and they're going to hit the ground running there without missing a beat. In the news, President Rebecca Woods behind a mask there speaking for local media about the flight plan, an agreement now in place between CBC and Eastern Washington University to ease the transition of CBC students transferring to Cheney. Eastern Interim President David May, a guy born and raised in Walla Walla, says one key is in the numbers and crunching data. So that our advisors have access to the information about those students while they're still here at Columbia Basin College so that we can make sure that if anything looks like it's getting off track, that we can actively reach out to those students and make sure that we get them back on track. Did you know Eastern is the second most popular destination for CBC transfers with about 150 a year? WSU's number one, of course, and another similar agreement is on track, this one with WSU Tri-Cities. Expect an announcement come mid-November, partnering CBC and WSU Tri-Cities. Bueno, y ahora para el regreso de nuestro segmento llamado Orgullo Comunitario, donde celebramos los logros de los latinos. For some of you, that voice is very, very familiar. Señor Martín Ortiz, El Primo. News anchor for KUNW-TV Univision, welcoming back Orgullo Comunitario for another year on their popular Wednesday evening newscast. The segment celebrates Latino achievement in higher education, and this October saw CBC students included for the first time. One wrote us to talk about the experience being featured on TV. She said, I'm aware of how exhausting it is to wake up at 4 a.m., work outside in the heat for 10 hours, and only be paid the minimum. Experiencing hard labor allowed me to value education. This opportunity will allow me to influence those in my community and hopefully encourage them to continue their education. Also in the news, Kimberly Harper joined CBC's Board of Trustees, a familiar name, you bet, a recent winner of the CBC Spirit Award. Kimberly is a physical scientist with a strong background in STEM advocacy and community involvement in the Tri-Cities. Last month, she stepped in for outgoing board member Duke Mitchell. Thanks, Duke, for 10 good years. I teach language, and I think besides using the communicative approach, I also try to infuse my lessons with culture, and I think it's also important to make connections with community. And so uh, living in the Tri-Cities, we live in a very richly diverse community from which we can draw inspiration and practice the skills that we learn in college within the community in a very real and meaningful way. That's the voice of Antonio Cruz, professor of Spanish and intercultural studies. He's been named the 2020 Educator of the Year by the Tri-City Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I was humbled and honored, and I am very proud to represent uh, CBC in the community, and I hope to be of service for many more years at the college. A virtual windfall, great news from the CBC Foundation's Power of Connection event. 
Not easy raising cash from a distance, but Aaron Fishburne has a dream team of his staff, and through the power of an hour-long video spectacular, Power of Connection inspired the CBC community to give $135,000 to support students. That's the kind of news we love. Time now for shout-outs. From the Hawk Talk newsletter, shout-out to Janet Garza from the Academic Success Center team. Tutoring services at the college transitioned online thanks to Janet's speedy and thorough support of scheduling. She was the key to a reservation system for our brand-new quiet study spaces on the Pasco and Richland campuses. All right. Now, we understand the student turnout at those quiet study spaces the first week was, well, quiet. But we're confident as word spreads, more students will take advantage. Shout out to Information Services for their biggest ever tech distribution. How big? This fall, over 450 laptops and 250 hotspots to students and staff. You know, you can still request equipment if you need it for remote operations. Start that request with your VP. IS will let you know when it's ready for pickup. Last shout-out, have you seen campus lately? Melanie Casciato had to shout-out facilities saying campus looks vibrant and ready to welcome us back as soon as it is safe. Lots of talk in the Emergency Preparedness Committee about safety and mask enforcement. We're behind the scenes now with a reminder here for faculty from Student Conduct's Ralph Reagan. Should a student refuse to wear a mask effectively, it's absolutely your right to ask for that behavior to change. And if it doesn't, then ask for that student to leave class and come back the next day to try again. Let Ralph know too. Chances are that student may have heard that message before. Coffee and Conversation is back this year. It's virtual, and I guess this year the coffee's on you. We're excited to re-envision this. It's still an open-ended conversation with Rebecca, of course, but this year, much of the conversation will be topical, month-to-month, spotlighting an area of college operation. Be on the lookout for an Outlook invite. Coffee and Conversation is back this Friday, November 6th, 10 to 11 a.m., with some of the conversation focused on employee wellness. And exactly one week later, Teaching and Learning Day, where we'll really dig in for a full response, all the wellness initiatives crafted from your responses to our recent wellness survey. Here's a hint. This podcast is one of them. And to round out our behind-the-scenes segment now, I've uh, saved the best for last. The State Board of Community and Technical Colleges has officially kicked off CBC's implementation of CTC Link. I had a applause cue in there, honey. Did you did you miss the applause cue? We're gonna we're we're gonna find that. <laughs> what is CTC Link? I'll tell you. It's a software solution, really, statewide for all 34 community and technical colleges. It's going to make for a streamlined and standardized set of practices across the board. Now, uh, if you didn't get into higher ed, looking to make the world more streamlined and and standardized. I get it, but, uh, but again, this is about business practices, and you look forward and, and see it's going to speed things along for our team, ultimately, make applying to and navigating college faster and more efficient for our students. Yeah, it's time to replace the 35-year-old legacy system doing all that work now. You know, that system, SMS, PPMS, and FMS, aka HP. <laughs> 
Let's get that turnover started. Implementation phase starting now through spring of next year, full completion, winter 2022. Okay, checking in on CBC social media all this week. Video shorts celebrating first-gen week. Starring in the videos, CBC employees who are first-gen students themselves. The point of these short videos is all heart, faculty and staff speaking directly to students. Here's Michael Lee. Embrace the experience and understand that when you finish your college degree, you may be a different person than you started. And that's okay. You may experience times when family members and friends don't understand why you have to spend the time you do. And that's okay. Make sure that you're enjoying the experience, putting in the hard work, and understand that there are limitless benefits to what you're going to do. We have four cabinet members who are first gen. Thanks to Miriam Fierro and Amy Stroud for putting together this campaign. Over 40% of our student population is considered first generation, taking themselves and their families somewhere new. What else on social media? Hey, support CBC students and the food pantry this holiday season with the 12 days for the holidays campaign. Check your Hawk Talk newsletter for dates and times of the items to shop for. When you're done, you turn in your box of gifts to the food pantry to help CBC students in need. And lastly, marketing working for you. Marketing's Anna Tensmeyer masterminding a Google keyword campaign, putting CBC where it belongs, at the top of Google's search returns and at the top of Google's mind. My wife's a high school teacher. She says Google's been thinking for her students for years now. Hopefully this campaign will have Google gently guiding our prospective students to send a few clicks our direction. All right, time for trivia. Not easy on a podcast host to host trivia when the target audience is loaded up with advanced degrees. Here we go. There are a lot of Johns and uh, Jonathans working at Columbia Basin College. There are eight of them. In fact, you know, there are a lot of Eric's working at Columbia Basin College. We have seven of those. We have seven Matthews or Matts working at Columbia Basin College, but neither Jonathan nor Eric nor Matthew is the most common first name for a CBC employee. Can you tell me what that most common first name is? We'll have the answer coming up while you wrestle with that. What a treat for me. Let's take five good minutes to meet CBC's newest dean, our dean of business and computer science, Kyle Winslow. Well, you talk about a, a life's crossroads, Kyle. It's, it's December of last year. You're living in West Seattle. The job you had was wrapping up. So you put in for a doctoral program, and you're in the job market. Now, by the time you get an interview, I understand it's a, a pandemic. West Seattle Bridge is shut down, and you're stealing yourself for an eight-hour Zoom interview with CBC. Well, I, I tend to over-prepare. So I had a setup in my dining room where I had boxes behind my laptop, and I taped all of my possible Q&A that I had researched and I had done one other interview in high red, so I had a lot of the answers and the equity pieces that were I knew would I would be asked. But it ended up, I ended up doing stories, which I think worked better for me, is I was able to tell um, 
you know, just what I had been doing at Shoreline and my 20 plus years in higher education and what I taught and why I love higher ed and why I think um, it's noble work to bring um, students into education and, and possibly add to their um, income in a way that it helps them generationally, right? You, you, once you have one person in the family that can get that job, you inspire the rest and you, you know, I, I, I've seen it over here often with my own students that, you know, their parents didn't go to college <clears throat> and they ended up finishing school, getting a fantastic job and it changed the whole family's life. So there's that, you know, um, pebble in the pond piece that uh, really appeals to me. Get the job and I understand going in, you, you uh, had some homework on your hands. I came from Shoreline Community College as a Dean of Business and Computer, I mean, Business and Physical Education there. Now I'm Dean of uh, Business and Computer Science, which is a bigger umbrella. So, and a learning curve for me on um, cyber and computer science and computer science information technology. That's been uphill, but um, I have great faculty that, you know, that I can lean on and <clears throat> I do <laughs> lean on them for that. So, I'm sure there's parts of the jobs that, that play to your strengths. Um, and my background is uh, business. I have an MBA. So you don't see that as much. And actually, my specialty is marketing, Jay. So um, I, what I, and I taught mostly management classes um, with some marketing as well. So I get to be in this job where I can market higher education, which I know and love, and manage people um, doing something that I have done for years. It's like perfect for me. You know, I, I really enjoy that part of it. Marketing to students in a pandemic is far from an exact science. The most recent numbers from the state board showed total FTE statewide in our system for fall down 13.5% year over year. Our challenge is there. My enrollment is not where it needs to be. Um, I certainly can't make the 70% for the um, cyber. CSIT is a brand new degree. Um, and then we have a bachelor's um, in applied management with a healthcare wing and ag wing. And we need to fill those classes, and we're not. I see you're launching a DECA program at CBC. Uh, I know there's a robust presence for DECA in local high schools. Is uh, that part of your marketing plan to reach those potential students, convince them to stay home and, and get their degree? That's exactly my plan. And um, <clears throat> what I did at Shoreline is I was able to have the high school come to do practice sessions and have some of my students and faculty, I even had the vice president, BPI come and judge the um, high school DECA students and to do their presentation. And for some reason, it tends to be around the marketing curriculum in the high schools. That's the, the, the one students like to take. So there's, there's a, you know, like an advertising plan or um, two different kinds of case studies, individual and on a team. And they have a, a scenario and they have to come up with target market, price product, promotion, distribution, um, and some measurement generally, which is the hardest part even for college students. So it, it's, a, it's a great fit when we get there um, to have that, have the high school teachers come over and help us judge. I want to get some of them onto my advisory board for business. I want to have that collaboration. I'm really good at, at you know, kind of that Venn diagram where we come see what we're doing. Let's help you. Let's work on this together, you know, for the success of students. And, and then we're here and we're local and we're less expensive. So come come and stay and take classes with us. Running Start is a great group to get also into the um, collegiate DECAC as well. You get the job here at CBC, and I, I understand you're accepted into that doctoral program too. That's what I'm doing. How much time? 
<laughs> during COVID. Um, so that's, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it so far. It's, what's interesting is that I, you know, learning how to be a better leader and a better manager and communicate more effectively. And um, I get to learn and then practice. Although it's on Zoom, but still. That's five minutes with Kyle Winslow, Dean for Business and Computer Science. The most common first name among CBC employees isn't Jonathan or Eric or Matthew. The most common first name, Melissa. Anybody get that? (laughs) There are 10 Melissas in all. Congrats to anyone who nailed a tough trivia question, although I I guess if you happen to be one of those 10 Melissas, that one was a gimme. All right, last segment here, story time. Appreciate you sticking with us, by the way. This is the pilot episode of CBC's Hawk Talk podcast. I'm Jay Frank. You know, if there's ever a a second episode of the CBC Hawk Talk podcast. I'd sure like for it to include a mailbag segment. I'd love to hear your questions. Anything that's on your mind, questions about college operations cabinet, any question for me, sense of humor appreciated. Uh, next go around, we'll do a mailbag type thing. Okay. All right. Quick intro now. I am uh, one of the 8%. Just 8% of CBC employees who responded to our recent wellness survey said they're working remotely while raising one or more kids not yet in kindergarten. 184 answered the question. Just 15 said they fit that description. In my house, we have two kids pre-K and one more coming for Christmas. Uh, When we came to this data point in cabinet, 15 employees saying they had babies in the house, it Pulled a reaction from others on cabinet. Surprise. That number seems low, they said. I'm sitting there thinking, who are these parents? We have 15 parents at CBC with toddlers in the house who still have the energy to knock out a wellness survey. Congrats to all of you. Me to you. So uh, here's our story time. One from the heart. My son Fletcher. Four years old is uh, suddenly now exploring comparative language. You know, uh, that grape is more juicy than a juicy sandwich or something like that. Cute, but barely making sense, (laughs) that sort of thing. A few nights ago at bedtime, I hear him tell my wife out of nowhere, I love you more than a hundred oceans stacked on top of each other. Couldn't believe it. (laughs) I mean, it was like something from an Ed Sheeran song. Smokey Robinson straight out of this four-year-old's little mouth. He wants to tell his mom how deeply he loves her, and he nails it. Gets a big reaction from mom, highlight of the night. The next morning, I give our poet a waffle straight from the griddle, probably a little too soon. (laughs) Kind of grabs at it, pulls back, and he says, Dada, this waffle is hotter than a hundred oceans stacked on top of each other. Well, we're working on it. Thanks for listening. Hope we helped you get away from your screens for for just a bit. Let me know how we can do better. What does a 10 out of 10 sound like to you? That reminds me, theme music for the CBC Hawk Talk podcast is composed by Scott Ninmer and recorded by the CBC Jazz Ensemble under the direction of Colin Wilson. Listen further at jazz at CBC on SoundCloud. 
Columbia Basin College inspires, educates, and supports all students for meaningful employment, engaged citizenship, and a lifelong joy of learning. Learning.